appearing before the cameras, coughing and sweating profusely, the man leading Iran's response to the coronavirus outbreak promised it was no danger to his country. Quarantines, he said, belong in the Stone Age. A day later, Iraj Hirachi went into quarantine after testing positive for COVID-19. I want to inform you all that I have coronavirus. Since yesterday, I've had a fever. My initial test last night proved positive, and I've placed myself in isolation. Hirachi's story is a microcosm of what's happened in Iran as the coronavirus has rapidly spread. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm The National's foreign editor, James Haynes-Young, and this week... We're looking at how Iran became one of the hardest hit countries in the global coronavirus pandemic. While coronavirus has hit over 100 countries, how Iran handled the early days of the crisis has had a massive impact on the Middle East and beyond. Cases linked to pilgrims, tourists, traders and business people who visited Iran have been found in Afghanistan, Bahrain, Iraq, Kuwait, Lebanon, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. But the impact at home has been devastating. As of March 23rd, Iran was the fourth hardest hit country in the world, with nearly 22,000 infections and at least 1,685 deaths. But World Health Organization officials warn that the true number of cases is in fact far higher. Let's think generally. Uh, Yes, there might be a number of cases that have not been reported yet. But and again, it's because of the nature of of uh, of the virus. And we understand that the investigation is still ongoing. While most people who are infected recover, the virus spreads rapidly. The elderly, those with breathing problems or underlying illnesses are particularly at risk. Days of denial gave the virus time to spread in Iran, as the country marked the 41st anniversary of the 1979 Islamic Revolution with mass demonstrations. But let's try and go back to the beginning, to patient zero. Many things about the outbreak remain unknown. Chief among them is who was patient zero, the first person in the country infected with coronavirus. We do not know for sure who patient zero was. That's Ali Alfoni, a senior analyst at the Arab Gulf States Institute in Washington. However, there are persistent rumors that a merchant based in the city of Qom, which is a holy city and a site of pilgrimage for many Shia Muslims in Iran, and in some ways even resembles the Vatican State in in Rome, Italy, uh, that merchant who was doing business with China Uh, is believed to be patient zero. But of course, we do not know for sure. Another reason which is cited by certain websites is that uh, Qom, of course, is also the center of many theological seminaries. Shia Muslims from all over the world flock to the city of Qom in order to uh, engage in theological studies. Some of those students were Chinese students who were studying theology. And there is a specific school for Chinese theological students. And perhaps some of those Chinese students were carriers of the virus. From late January, worries could be seen on the front pages of pro-reform newspaper Aftar Biazid. Mysterious virus at Iran's gates, its banner headline warned, as China began a lockdown to control the outbreak. 
Yet travel between China, where the virus originated, and Iran continued. The first two coronavirus cases in Iran were reported on February 19th, with the announcement that both had died in COM. Since it can take up to two weeks to show symptoms, these patients could have become ill in early February. Iranian authorities haven't offered any details of these cases. Here's Ali again. Even before the first case uh, of the coronavirus was identified or even confirmed in Iran, Iran's Ministry of Health uh, was perfectly aware of the scope of the crisis in China. Uh, Iran's health professionals are extremely competent. They're extremely knowledgeable. And they systematically warn the government of the threat of the virus reaching Iran. Uh, However, most of the other government agencies and other parts of the central administration in Iran, they had different priorities. And they just as systematically disregarded all the uh, measures and uh, policy uh, initiatives that the health ministry was suggesting. The health, in, uh, health ministry, as soon as the scope of the crisis in the city of Qom became known, suggested that the city of Qom should uh, be quarantined. Uh, however, the religious authorities in the Islamic Republic, uh, they argued against it. They said that Qom is a place of pilgrimage uh, and it would uh, raise a lot of anger among the religious elites of the Islamic Republic if there was such a decision. Finally, there was the recommendations of the health ministry concerning uh, the uh, festivities of a revolution day on February 11th, uh, but also election day in Iran, February 21st. On both occasions, the health ministry suggested that certain measures should be taken in order to uh, reduce the risk of further contagion when you have a lot of people going to the streets at the same time. Uh, However, both Mr. Khamenei and the interior ministry argued that the political legitimacy of the regime was more important than the well-being and health of the Iranian population. The election saw Iran's lowest turnout since the revolution, with some voters wearing masks that soon everybody would want. In mid-March, Ali Reza Zahli, who's now leading the Iranian campaign against the virus, warned that the country's hospitals were at risk of being overwhelmed by the virus. At the start of March, Health Minister Saeed Namaki told the president he'd ordered millions of masks and other protective equipment when the outbreak began in China. Unfortunately, he wrote in the letter, a small amount was purchased and the rest of the products went to the black market. Iran's Attorney General Mohammad Jafar Montazeri then made hoarding face masks a major crime. Police confiscated 27 million hygienic items, including gloves and masks and they arrested 70 people. Iran has asked the International Monetary Fund for $5 billion, its first such loan since 1962, despite nearly four decades of sanctions. Qom has long been a centre of Iran's Shiite clergy. A focal point of devotion is the gold-domed shrine of Fatima Masume, a Shiite saint. Crowds pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week, touching and kissing the shrine, That raises the risk for visitors. In other parts of the Middle East, authorities have closed off access to holy sites over concerns about the virus. Churches, mosques, temples and shrines all around the world have been closed or subject to stringent disinfection campaigns. 
But in Qum and elsewhere in Iran, the shrines stayed open, despite civilian health authorities calling for them to close. Qum is not only a religious center, but also a political center in the Islamic Republic. And many Iranian politicians are somehow connected to this religious center. Uh, Qum became the epicenter of the epidemics inside the Islamic Republic. And that decision likely gave the virus time to spread. Police later arrested a number of people for posting online videos licking or kissing the shrines, saying they cured or prevented the spread of the virus. Since then, hazmat-suited workers have filled the shrines with clouds of disinfectant and cleaned the buildings. Some mosques even hand out alcohol as a disinfectant to the poor. By March 16th, the Fatima Masumi shrine and one other in Mashhad had closed. But hardline faithful then stormed the shrine's courtyards, demanding they be opened. By this point, the virus had spread, reaching the highest levels of Iran's theocracy. In Tehran, the virus began moving through the government. Among those first infected was Iraj Hirachi, the deputy health minister who tested positive only a day after downplaying the virus in a televised news conference. For sure we will break the coronavirus. I'm saying it from the bottom of my heart. Stay vigilant. The virus killed an expediency council member described as a close confidant of Ayatollah Khamenei. Several members of parliament, members of the country's assembly of experts, Iran's former ambassador to the Vatican and an advisor to Iran's judiciary chief also died. The sick included Vice President Masume Ebteka, better known as Sister Mary, the English-speaking spokeswoman for the students who seized the US embassy in Tehran in 1979 in the 444-day hostage crisis. The virus also infected another senior vice president and two cabinet members, along with Revolutionary Guard generals. Soon, even 80-year-old Ayatollah Khamenei was seen wearing disposable gloves at a tree-planting ceremony. The 71-year-old President Hassan Rouhani was pictured at a teleconference, with the nearest officials sitting metres away. Across the country, the numbers soared. In the first weeks, people in Iran were more likely to die than anywhere else well above the global average. It could be that a lack of widespread testing meant that there were just far more cases than they realised. But outside experts, some Tehran lawmakers and US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo all said that Iran was hiding the true number of cases. The United States is deeply concerned by information indicating the Iranian regime may have suppressed vital details about the outbreak in that country. All nations, including Iran, should tell the truth about the coronavirus and cooperate with international aid organizations. But, as Ali said, the situation is much less clear. It is difficult for us to assess and to know how much the uh, Iranian government agencies knew. Let's not forget that many countries had difficulties even finding test kits. Uh, Here in the United States, it is only in, in the past few days that the government is systematically testing patients with symptoms of the coronavirus. So we really do not know how early the government of the Islamic Republic was aware of the scope of of the crisis. Uh, 
and, and how much of the information they have shared with the public. However, uh, everyone now believes, and I think it is, it is clear to, to, to most observers, that the Islamic Republic has uh, been uh, underreporting the cases. And in many uh, instances, a definition of what makes a coronavirus uh, fatality uh, is decisive. Uh, for registration and the statistics uh, provided to the public. Uh, for example, in the early days, uh, because there were no tests, people dying of uh, respiratory illness symptoms, uh, uh, they were just registered as such and not necessarily coronavirus victims. Uh, but nowadays we know that most of the people who died of those symptoms in the early days most probably indeed were coronavirus victims. Iranian leaders, such as the head of its Revolutionary Guard and Ayatollah Khamenei, have also blamed the US for the virus. You Americans are suspects of having produced this virus. I do not know how real this accusation is, but when it exists, who in their right mind would trust you to bring them medication? Possibly your medicine is a way to spread the virus more. You are not trustworthy. It is possible that you prescribe a medicine or bring it into the country that would make the virus persist and prevent it from ending. Iran's current handling of the coronavirus is in stark contrast to the outbreak of cholera in the 1960s. Then, Iran produced millions of vaccine doses and inoculated its people, controlling the spread. And that was under Iran's Shah, toppled in the 1979 revolution. But even afterwards, Iran fought off other outbreaks, and its hospitals, doctors and nurses are well known as some of the best in the wider Middle East. The country has a network of clinics from villages to big cities. However, today the system appears to be stretched at the seams. Online videos show the army and the IRGC building field hospitals. The healthcare system in the Islamic Republic of Iran has been underfunded uh, for many years. Uh, Sanctions have contributed to the underfunding of uh, the uh, health ministry. Uh, But it was also not such a high priority at least in in the course of the past uh, five to to six, even 10 years. Uh, Iranian doctors are are very professional, extremely competent, but the system as such is not working. Meanwhile, Iran's 80 million people, whose sense of risk has been dulled by years of international isolation, crowd into grocery stores and into butcher shops, despite calls to stay at home. The Islamic Republic had yet another opportunity to try and limit the spread of the virus, in the run-up to Persian New Year of Nowruz on March 20th. While many Iranians held muted celebrations and official public speeches and events were cancelled, the government did not lock down travel. Millions of Iranians still left the cities for the coasts or to see family and friends, despite the risks that this would spread the disease further. This was even as Ayatollah Khamenei gave a televised address praising the sacrifice of doctors, nurses and hospital staff and called on the country to come together to battle the coronavirus. Iran's handling has been vastly different from allies in Iraq and Lebanon. Both countries have implemented partial or full lockdowns, stopped travel and flights and looked to aggressively prevent the spread. However, cases in both countries are rising, albeit slowly. What Iran does next 
will not only affect its government and its people, but it will also impact the wider world. Thanks this week to Ali Elfoni in Washington. We were produced by Aisha Khan and Arthur Edison, both of whom are working from home, as you should be if you can. Subscribe to Beyond the Headlines, since you're probably going to have a lot of time to listen to podcasts over the next few weeks. And if you think we're really good at making them, why not leave us a review? I've been your host, James Haynes-Young.